final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight to the Suns. 113-112 in uh, what was a really thrilling game, coach. I mean, a lot of fun to watch. You know, really, like most of these games this season for the Utah Jazz, win or lose, tons of energy, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, certainly no no give whatsoever, and uh, they, they nearly pulled this one out. They, they were amazing, their energy tonight, uh, being a back-to-back and uh, I thought the way they came out, you know, their game plan, they were all on the same page. It was pretty clear and thought everybody kind of brought their their little piece to the to the game plan. But um, really well-played game, both sides. You know, the Jazz took away uh, what Phoenix does well and, and really made Booker earn his points, certainly way lower than the 49 before. Um, much better job in transition. And it was just that little bugaboo at the end, you know, with uh, not being able to get a rebound um, there in the fourth quarter. But a lot of growth. Uh, You know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he just went right face-to-face with Booker a couple of times and did a great job on him. That's really that's stuff you like to see with young guys. Yeah, he also made four threes, four for four from three, 12 points tonight for uh, Nah, as we say, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Jordan Clarkson led the way for the Jazz, 22 points, 8 of 18 shooting. Colin Sexton with 20 on 7 of 11 shooting. Uh, Lowry Markinen picked it up a little bit in the second half, uh, 15 points, 10 rebounds for him, 10 for Kelly Olenek coming off the bench. Malik Beasley at 14. We mentioned Nah with his 12. Taylor Horton-Tucker with 10. For Phoenix, you're right. Devin Booker had 27 tonight, Coach, on 8 of 27 shooting, but he was not the story. The dominant performance goes to DeAndre Ayton, 29 points, 20 rebounds. He had 20 boards, 8 of which were offensive. He was 11 of 18 from the field, 7 of 9 at the line. And as far as uh, performance against the Jazz, this is the best I've seen him play. Yeah, and that's the type of guy they're going to need if they really want to be a contender. I know um, they're deep and they've got star power, but like that performance from him uh, was was terrific. He's shown so much growth in the last few years. You talk about a young guy who you know really kind of changed his whole direction of his career you know, with Chris Paul coming in. Uh, 29 points on 18 shots and was just a monster on the offensive glass with eight. Jazz didn't have an answer for him. I no. mean, right down to the last possession where he grabbed that offensive rebound. And, uh, you know, obviously he's highly skilled and has had some great performances, but he was terrific tonight. The Jazz absolutely did not have an answer all night long. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. Um, it's It wasn't the guys that normally do it. You know, it wasn't as much Booker. I mean, Booker was good in the second half, and he definitely had his moments but they, the Jazz did a great job of being present with him on the three-point line. He was one for seven. Um, that's that's a really impressive defensive performance. But Aiton was kind of the the guy who stood out tonight for the Suns. And, and yeah, you you definitely probably give him the game ball. Mikael Bridges had 16 uh, and was uh, very good defensively, as usual. Uh, Torrey Craig had 10. Uh, campaign had 11 as far as the Suns go. The Suns didn't get a ton of uh, production off the bench tonight. Damian Lee, uh, Lee 
uh, did have eight points. As far as the Jazz bench, uh, we talked about that. It uh, was very good, and this is going to continue to be a strength, I think, of this Jazz team with Beasley, 14, Walker, Alexander Walker with 12, and Taylor Horton Tucker with uh, 10, and even Walker Kessler didn't have a block tonight, but did grab four boards in his 17 minutes and had three points. Yeah, the bench is, is solid. I like the Jazz bench, and you can count on them. Let's go to uh, Coach uh, Will Hardy in his postgame. Fourth quarter, we got one stop in the first 11 minutes. We did not rebound the ball down the stretch at all, and we did not execute on the last play defensively at all. Um, I will take responsibility for that. I clearly did not communicate very well what we wanted to do on that last possession. Um, But always proud of how our guys stick together. They continue to fight um, through good moments and hard moments. Um, On to the next one. I wanted to get the ball out of Booker's hands and then fell. What, I mean, kind of watching the rebounds, what did you notice about how he was getting some of them? Uh, they shot floaters. I thought our guys tried to box out. I thought there was a lot of physicality on the rebounding. Um, Aiton's a big body. Uh, very good player. Eight offensive rebounds. I felt like he had five of them in the last four minutes of the game. Um, it may not have been that many, but it felt that way. Um Again, you know, secondary guys going to rebound, but um, I'll have to watch them on film where I'm standing at the far end of the court, so it's hard to see exactly what happens. You talked about the trouble rebounding, especially in that fourth quarter. I mean, is that just about Aiton being a big guy? Or? No, I, don't, I mean, we have to rebound as a team. Again, we've talked all season about we don't have one player on our team who can gobble up 18 defensive rebounds. So it takes that secondary guy, third guy, sometimes coming in to help rebound. Um, and I thought late in the game, obviously, we didn't do that very well. It's another game where you didn't allow them to shoot that many three-point shots. Mm-hmm. In general, kind of, what's the team's uh, key to success in being able to do that? I think our guys do a good job of recognizing when they need to help and when they don't um, and fanning back out to shooters, not just giving away catch-and-shoot threes. Um, it's been an emphasis for us. I think our guys have executed it very, very well uh, to this point this season. Um, you know, there are always players in the NBA that can get three-pointers off, you know, off the dribble, and those are harder to take away um, without overextending your defense. Um, but we're really trying to limit the catch-and-shoot threes. Um, I think coming into tonight, we led the league in fewest threes allowed. So, um, you know, it's been an emphasis for us, and I think our guys have, have really taken to it and done a great job. What, um, what did you see from Colin tonight? I thought Colin played really hard. Um, you know, he had some great drives, especially early in the first half, putting pressure on their defense. Um, I think he did a good job balancing you know, he found JC for a couple threes in the first half. He's continuing to grow um, his understanding on the offensive end, how he can help his teammates. Um, I thought defensively he was up and down. I think he had some really good moments guarding the ball, and that's going to be a huge emphasis for him going forward. I think he has a lot to give on that end with his physicality and athleticism. Lowry went into the fourth with just five points. Mm-hmm. Was his night because of how much attention he's now getting on the defense then? I don't think so. I think he got some good looks that he missed in the first half. I thought he got a couple of post-ups um, on some switches low and got to his right-hand hook that he's been very good at this year, and he missed. Um, you know, teams are obviously keying on him, but he reads the game very well, and I thought that 
you know, he did a good job of shooting when he needed to shoot. Uh, they doubled him some in the post, and he passed out. So, um, you know, obviously a tough night for him in terms of the ball going in, but I thought he played a good game. All right, there you go. Jazz head coach Will Hardy. The Jazz followed the Phoenix Suns tonight, 113 to 112. With that, we will say good night to our network stations. Uh, our next broadcast is coming your way on Monday night. The Bulls will be in town. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have some more post game sound for you. We'll get Coach Lacombe's thoughts on this one as well. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight at the Suns, 113 to 112 postgame. Brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Coach Lacombe, uh, we heard from Coach Hardy in the last segment, and uh, we solved the mystery, uh, or at least he filled us in, on to foul or not to foul in that last possession. And the truth was he wanted to foul, just not Devin Booker, and uh, he seemed you know, a little bothered that uh, the defense was not executed properly there in that last possession. Yeah, and it is it is so frantic in the in the middle of a, um, a huddle like that where you're, you know, it's loud in the arena, music's loud, you got to make sure and communicate. Um, there's a funny story about when Danny Ainge went coast-to-coast against Notre Dame you know, at BYU. That year, uh, Steve Trumbull came out of was it Steve Trumbull? Uh, it might have been Timo Sarlein, and I think it was Timo Sarlein came out of the timeout and said, "What am I? You know, where do I throw the ball?" And Danny said, "Just throw it to me." You know, because he, he didn't really. It was he was kind of spacing out what the play was. He's like, "Danny, fill me in." Hey, just throw me the ball. We and got that, it. We got it. So um, you know, it, it is frantic, but. A great learning lesson. You don't want to learn that lesson in that situation, but yeah, it seemed pretty odd that, that with a two point five second differential, you know, that they wouldn't foul. It they, would. It's hard to play that one out. Just didn't seem to leave quite enough time to get the rebound and then get a playoff. Obviously, right. I mean, if you were to, in theory, just kind of run clock and then shoot a a long shot at the buzzer and let that thing bounce around, you know, two point five is hard. And the way the Jazz were rebounding the ball as well, um, you know, it got batted around there. But credit Phoenix, they kind of they they kind of turned the right switch. They really started to attack the offensive glass, and that changed the game. And DeAndre Ayton got a bunch of those rebounds. Uh, I just getting this stat from our guy Ben Anderson, uh, KSL Sports. All six of DeAndre Ayton's fourth quarter rebounds came on the offensive end. And yeah, I just you know the, when Landale went in. You know, he he played a few minutes early in the fourth, I believe, and he went kind of went in with the sole objective to just kind of crash the glass, um, and everybody kind of followed suit, and and it really the Jazz held them off pretty well um, throughout three quarters, but it was the fourth quarter that kind of the dam broke. Seventeen offensive rebounds tonight for the Phoenix Suns, and as we mentioned before, DeAndre Aiden had twenty nine and twenty tonight, and eight of those twenty rebounds came on the offensive end of the glass. And we've talked about this a little bit. The Jazz are going to be vulnerable to 
dynamic bigs, bigs that uh, can do exactly what DeAndre Aiden is capable of doing. And, you know, people will say, well, then how did the Jazz do it? And Coach Hardy said, I mean, they have to rebound by committee and they have to rebound together. That is one thing last year's team did really well with an undersized team. I mean, Rudy was going to get a, a great amount of them, but Rudy wasn't chasing down rebounds out of his area. You know, he, he went and got the high ones. Or, um, But I thought Royce O'Neal, other guys pitched in. That's what's going to have to have to happen every night. I mean, like, guards are going to have to get down, rebound, get the ball, make sure they can clear it. Yeah, because they just don't have that. I mean, he said they don't have anybody capable of, of rebounding like that. So, And at times, by the way, we've seen the Jazz rebound really, really well. Tonight just was not one of those nights, particularly in the fourth quarter. And I thought your uh, comparison when we were talking to Lock and Boone was a good one. It, it was just like watching a football game where the defense can't get off the field. You know, you get a stop or, or you get Booker or whomever to, to miss one, and then you just can't clear it. Next thing you know, they've got an extra you know, 12 on the shot clock. And it wasn't like they were just putting them back, but the Jazz were constantly playing multiple possessions in that fourth quarter of defense. And it's hard to do. It, it takes the energy out of you. Like David said, you're not out in transition very much, which is kind of freeing as a player. Everything's kind of grinding to a halt. And again, credit Phoenix for seeing that and, and kind of taking advantage of it. Um, Booker uh, did finish the game with 27 points, 8 of 27 shooting, 10 of 11 from the line, so he did get to the line more, 11 rebounds and 7 assists. And, you know, this obviously was not his best night shooting the ball, but it is amazing um, that he has turned into such a more well-rounded player. And he's so much better, I mean, than the, the volume score or whatever label you wanted to put on him a few years ago. And I remember... It, was it last year, Coach, you and I talked about this, where he bristled at a question from a media member who said, oh, you're not having as good a year this year. And he really bristled. He said, what are you talking about? I'm having a great year just because my scoring's down a couple of points. Doesn't mean that I'm not having a better year. And you know what? He was 100% right. And this year his scoring is back up again, but so are those other things which which really made him a better player. I think he's, you know, he's one of these guys who's he spends time – not only developing the skills, you know, shooting a lot, but understanding that there are parts of the game, other parts of the game, and and the guys who figure that out, they're the guys who win championships. And I know that's what this this guy's chasing, and um, he knows their window right now is is pretty short. So they they really have to kind of attack this situation right now. Well, on the other side of the coin, uh, the first time against Phoenix, the Jazz player that had a great night was Lowry Markkinen, and tonight he he wasn't the same player. He, well, didn't have the same performance anyway, 15 points and 10 rebounds. But with that said, when the Jazz needed big buckets in the fourth, Lowry came up with a couple. Two big threes, and they're going to go to him. He's He's still their best player. And he's proving that night in and night out, even on a night where uh, he wasn't statistically at his best. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up because one of those shots, those threes, uh, actually came from a 4-5 ball screen um, that they knew that they could get uh, Bridges off of of Markin and and get Aiton on him. And they were able to kind of move the ball and... Aiden wasn't able to close out, and Lowry got a three. So really creative use, uh, you know, understanding, hey, they're going to switch this. Aiden's not going to be able to get out like Bridges and, uh, you know, found him a way to get a, a couple of open looks. Man, Bridges is tenacious, isn't he? Oh, man, he is uh, – he's long. He knows how to play. 
Um, you know, he's timely. His his buckets are timely. Um, but he, uh, the one thing that dude, uh, it's totally apparent is he's always he always knows the score. <laughs> that dude wants to win. Well, and it, you know, it's interesting he's on the same team as Torrey Craig because I feel Torrey Craig brings a lot of that on the defensive side of the ball, but it isn't the offensive threat, even though he had a pretty good night tonight offensively. But, you know, we've seen enough of Torrey Craig that he's not going to be, you know, the focal point by any means. Uh, but uh, uh, um, Bridges is a fine offensive player. He was 7 of 10 tonight, 16 points. Yeah, he's, you know, the prototypical 3 and D guy, but he – but like Booker, he's adding things to his game, too. He, I believe he's gotten better through the years. He had to play 41 minutes tonight on the second night of a back-to-back. Devin Booker played 39. Phoenix had to pour it all on to get this win. They totally did, and we've seen that when the Jazz have lost some of these games that maybe on a second night of a back-to-back, traditionally the Jazz would just kind of get beat pretty good. Uh, the, these guys fight. This game was a game right to the end. Um, and, you, you know, with everything that kind of went tough in the fourth quarter, you got to really – applaud the effort in the way they the jazz came out and attacked the suns tonight and they do miss mike conley oh ton, man they miss him you know the the ability more than anything else to race the ball up the floor and get them like early in the shot clock get them moving just get get them into their offense it, it's it's so difficult to explain uh, why he's so good people ask me that all the time well can't somebody else race it up but it's understanding how to put guys in the right spots and the the vision and uh, all the all of all the of all of the Mike Conley things. I mean, all those years, it, like we said, these guys were talking about Bridges and Booker adding things to his game. I mean, Conley's the ultimate professional, and certainly always looking for an angle to get better. All right, the Jazz fall tonight at the Suns, one thirteen to one twelve. Coming up next, we'll have some player sound for you uh, from Phoenix. And we may even uh, keep an eye on a couple of these uh, football scores for the local football fan that may be listening to the show tonight. Uh, Washington just scored on Washington State to go back up by, they'll show the score here, but uh, let's see, twenty now 21-17 with 9 minutes and 41 seconds to go in the second quarter. Of course, if Washington beats Washington State, Utah is going to the Pac-12 title game. And then we have the Cougs. In the Cardinal, up on our other monitor here, and BYU's up, I believe, fourteen to three. I love the, the sports environment we've created. I know we've got we've got the monitors up here in the studio, so we will uh, monitor them for you. Uh, we'll get to more coming up next. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. More straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running hook, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight to the Phoenix Suns, 113-112. to 112. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. We'll get you some sound, hopefully, from the players in Phoenix coming up here momentarily. But, Coach, let's get a look at the Master of the Glass. Jazz fans, Safe Light Auto Glass proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 to a char- charitable organization 
for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Uh, tonight's master of the glass, Lowry Markinen, who had 10 rebounds to go along with his 15 points. But really the master of the glass uh, of the game was DeAndre Ayton. And, uh, by the way, uh, credited with one more offensive uh, rebound now that uh, my box score has become official. So he finished the game with 29 points, 21 rebounds, nine of those coming on the offensive side. Whew. He, yeah, he was a monster. And, you know, there's going to be games where there's a guy like that and he's going to – you know, he's going to mandate that you put a body on and move him around. Um, and I think that that's what Coach Hardy will see in the film, that guys were in between him and the basket, but they didn't really create any or carve out any space for themselves. So something that you talk about really fundamentally, uh, but these are big guys with a, a ton of ability. And uh, that one tonight, that was where the Jazz really got hurt. Jazz were beat on the boards tonight 48-40. to 40. And eighteen to eight on the offensive glass, and of course in the fourth quarter, the timing, uh, Locke went through it possession by possessions. Every time they missed, they got an offensive rebound. And the Jazz have won games this year by being that aggressor too, right? The offensive rebounds have been a piece of this Jazz team when they're when they're really kind of fresh and going. So um, it, it's a weapon you use, and it's kind of something you sense in the game and. Phoenix just started sending, you know, a little bit more urgency to the glass, and the Jazz couldn't respond. The Jazz had three total rebounds in the fourth quarter. Wow, that is insane. Three. <laughs> That's, I'm actually. Yeah, I it, it, honestly, it's amazing they only lost by one. If uh, you know, DeAndre Aiden had six offensive rebounds alone in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, that's that's just really tough. The Jazz are going to have to figure out a way to be disciplined in, in team rebound. In fact, you know, get into that concept a little bit more on the team rebounding because that is certainly something Coach Hardy highlighted and was evident tonight. Well, the, you know, I think inherently you've heard of the old uh, the adage when the ball goes up and guys start running the other end, <laughs> hoping that they can get a, a pass over the top and lay it in. Um, what guys need to do in this situation, all five, is they need to go really kind of seek the paint. Uh, guards from the top rebound down, wings rebound down, so that you outnumber, basically. And in a situation where Aiton's in there and he's tipping a ball around, you come flying in from the top, you're able to grab it. Let's go back to Phoenix and hear from Colin Sexton. Comes down to it, and a few of us work, and we just got to make sure we communicate throughout the court, especially at crunch time like that. Like, um, we could have done a couple things, um, but you live and you learn, and you move on to the next one. We're going to watch the film tomorrow and try to try to build build from it, especially um, tonight's um, game. And we know it's some mistakes and some things that we can do better at, and we're not going to hold our head down because we know um, – as a team, everyone goes through, through these bumps in the road, and we just got to continue to stick, stick together and get through it together. Um, at the end of the day, it's going to be, it's going, it's not going to be easy, you know. So, DeAndre Ayton is obviously huge, and you guys don't have like a huge center, bulking center like that. How do you rebound against him as a team, kind of with, with such a big guy? We just got to make sure we go help help the bigs, especially a few times. I think he might have had more rebounds than us in the whole fourth quarter. So um, at times we can't allow that. We just got to 
we just got to try to just go in there and just and box them out. And I, it's kind of tough. It's definitely going to be tough because they have so many shooters on the court. And if he does get it, they'll kick the ball right back out for a three or something. So we just got to just make sure that we, we're helping the bigs out and doing um, best as guards. You guys limited Devin to 27 points on 27 shots tonight. That's obviously better than the last game. Yes. What did you guys do well against him? Um, just be physical with him the entire night um, and just try to show him bodies, show him different different sizes. I know at the time Nikhil was guarding him, I would guard him, Vando guard him. So it's like JC was guarding him. So just trying to like throw bodies at him. And like at the end of the day, we're all different sizes and you can't just continue to lock in, okay, this person does this or that person. Like we all play defense totally different. Um, and I feel like that helped us tonight. You guys are very active. At times on offense, you grabbed and battled. But yes. there's one stretch in the fourth quarter where the defense gave up. I think, I think we said 11 straight. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We're not going to win like that. We just got to make sure we're getting stops and just continue to do it together. At the end of the day, we can't just rely on one person to rebound or one person to stop their man. We have to make sure we're in help defense, but also making sure that we don't allow our man to get to the paint. And once you get to the paint, it's kind of hard to to play defense. That's the name of the game. Is there a, a philosophy, I guess, that the team has on sort of those helping rebounding situations so that you guys don't get put into like rotations too much on those long closeouts? Um, just just try to help. Just try to help. Um, try to do better and just go crack the big's legs and try to push them out of there. And I feel like at times we're just trying to out jump, out jump, and that's not going to work, especially if somebody's bigger. They can just tip it and tip it over. Um. There you go, all right, there you go. That's Colin Sexton. And uh, Colin tonight, 7 of 11, shooting of 1 from 3, 6 of 8 at the line, 20 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds, 2 steals. Uh, he he laid out the team rebounding thing there, uh, Coach. I think he essentially said what you said, except for he added uh, crack the big's legs a little bit. <laughs> Sounds like some of my philosophy that we talk about off air when things get... You know what? Coming from him, though, Colin Sexton, and the way he plays, it makes some sense. Yeah. So, in 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 that regard, like, so the way the de- rebound works in theory, you you get around and block a guy out, right? So it's it should be defense, offense, and then if you come in and kind of seal the big, you know, so you you kind of sandwich him, it limits what he can do and, and crack the legs. That's another way to say it. Crack those legs. Crack the big's legs. I like that. We're yep. going to have to remember They that. don't like guys on their legs. I know that much. But one other thing, Colin, he attacked that press conference like he did the game. Like he was – he had some urgency to him. He I always does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I like him. like his attitude, no doubt. Uh, the young bull. I don't know if I'm – I like the bull part. I don't know about young. What? How, he's going to be in this league a long time. What happens yeah. when he's the middle-aged bull? Maybe Brahma bull? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. My Subaru Is dot com. Jazz fall tonight to the Suns, one thirteen to one twelve. We'll uh, have more from Coach Lacombe coming up next. You're listening to Utah Jazz basketball. Wow, the outcome is in the books. Let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. 
Jazz Post Game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, featuring the My Subaru Ways campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. Let's check out the Chick-fil-A Foul Shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight from the line, the Jazz were 19 of 25. Colin Sexton, who we just heard from in the last segment, was 6 of 8. Markkinen was 5 of 7. The Suns were 23 of 30. Uh, Most of the damage done by Devin Booker, who was uh, 10 of 11 from the line. But DeAndre Aiden went to the line nine times, 7 of 9 to go uh, with his 29 points. Yeah, um, I I thought that last game, you know, Booker made a lot of shots. He made a lot of those tough mid-range shots. But I thought in both you know, in this game, the Jazz did a great job of really making him uncomfortable. I thought that Colin talked about it right there, the way that they showed him different bodies and would get involved in screens, and sometimes it switched them with a big. Sometimes the guard would continue to to get over the top, and they and they would level it out. I thought the different looks and the personnel, the interact uh, interchangeable personnel on him really kind of threw him off yeah sexton talked a lot about that right and the you know i thought Nikhil alexander walker uh was awesome on him just right in his back pocket and sexton gives him a different look as you talk about and uh beasley i thought guarded him well at times and it made it much more difficult for him remember how booker when the jazz would drop cover him it was just like shooting ducks yeah, in a barrel that's man. not the dude it was yep. just yeah so I, I did think tonight the way they they messed around with him. I thought never got in a rhythm, and it wasn't like, oh, Walker, he does, he's going to really crowd me so I can go through his body, get to the line. But next time down, it was Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt. Uh, that's their garden, Vanderbilt. Their garden, Vanderbilt. But no, that that was a very nice uh, game plan thing by the coaching staff. Uh, <laughs> you got me thrown off of these out there, Garden. I know, Vanderbilt. I know. But I, I like to keep Amazing. our longtime listeners. Uh, no, no, no. I, I was going to talk about Nikhil Alexander Walker because tonight he had 16 minutes, 12 points, uh, four or four from three, four or five from the field. Uh, but his defense is going to what is he's earning these minutes by playing hard defense. And thinking back to Will Hardy's press conference last night, where he really talked about how uh, Nikhil. Uh, on what uh, on point defense has been extremely good, and then he comes back again tonight and gets 16 minutes. I mean, he's played his way into this rotation by being effective on that side of the ball, and I I love stories like that. Oh, no question. And we saw when he came last year, his there were flashes where he would go out there as a perimeter guy and actually really kind of use his length <clears throat> to affect you know the opponent. But I thought tonight was his best game. Uh, you know, obviously making the threes, but just the way he was kind of plugged in, the way he he felt comfortable out there. Um, I, I think there's some real growth that he can make, and um, he showed that just if nothing else, he can be a real threat to go out and and dog the best player on the other team for a while. And he's picking up some of these minutes, obviously, because Mike Conley is uh, is not playing and has missed these games, and they certainly miss Mike. But, you know, I I would guess he still stays in the rotation somewhat when Conley gets back because he's played so well. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And the other guy, maybe with Rudy Gay's wrist, you know, the minutes he was getting, um, you know, there's, there's some minutes there. So he, he definitely is a guy like Sexton who changes – Tempo of the game. His the way he changes tempo of the game is defensively. 
You know, he's able to do like he did with Booker, get up there, really crowd him, cause him to be uncomfortable. You know, that's very worthwhile, and we've seen, you know, guys to be able to do that. They're worth having around. Now, DeAndre Aiden was great tonight, 29 points, 21 rebounds. Uh, he was really the story of the game. But let me ask you, what's what's the ceiling for him now that he's on to his – I guess, second contract in this league, and he's established himself. Phoenix is a playoff team. You know, he's kind of a, a member of a big three. But does his game, what what takes him to the next level? That's Maybe that's how I'll, I'll phrase this. Consistency. I think overall, because you see nights like this, but, you know, I was looking at his numbers, and he's kind of slipped a little bit. Um, and I think that's inherent when you you get a little bit more money. You've got kind of a a starting spot every night in the league, and it takes that extra commitment to stay on top of it. And, um, you know, I think that that's what Chris Paul's kind of kind of taught him, but now it's got he's got to bring that into play even more. He's got to be consistently great because he showed what he can do. I mean, he can absolutely go out there and dominate one quarter of basketball on the glass. Yeah, I, I mean, he was great on both sides of the ball tonight. And, and the Jazz, no matter what happened or, or who they switched on him or whatever the case, they, they, he was just really good. And he's so smooth. He's got a nice offensive skill set. He's got soft touch. He's a, a good rim protector. Obviously, he's a good rebounder. I, I'm with you. I think consistency might be the thing with him because obviously the top end of his game is really good. No question. He's he's a guy. But, but that will be – seriously, I, I think – as good as Paul and Booker are, there's guys out there, you know, you can say Garland and Mitchell. You know, At the end of the day, guards certainly going to have a huge impact, but we saw how Aiton can kind of be a differentiator just on the glass alone, getting extra possessions, and then his ability, like you said, to score it. He, he's not shooting the ball from three. Um, you know, get some other things going for him. But, man, I'm telling you what, just that one skill set, his ability to dominate the paint um, – that can be the differentiator for Phoenix. Now, part of me does feel feel bad for him because he'll always be known as a guy who is drafted in front of Luka Doncic and Trey Young, for that matter. Now, he's he's already destined for a much better career than Marvin Bagley, but he always is going to have that follow him around a little bit. And I don't know. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he made an all-star game at some point in his career. I just don't know if he's ever going to be that all-NBA caliber player. Yeah, the one thing he might be able to do before those guys is win a championship. That right? is true. So at the end of the day, where you're taking, how much money, everybody's playing for the ring. And I certainly we all want to, along the way, you want to gather up as much money as you can. But that ring is really what everybody's fighting for. So that that's one thing he's he might have you know a, a, bit, a closer stake to that claim than those other two guys. Dallas, a disappointing nine and nine to start the season this year. I mean, Luke is great, and we've seen the 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 numbers and the stats, and they're just out of this world. But nine and nine, I think a lot of people thought that they'd be a little better. And I remember, you know, I talked about kind of the intrigue with he and Christian Wood uh, playing together, but the problem is they're both. I mean, it's almost like having a smaller Porzingis back, guy who's offensive-minded, you know, more um, skilled than grit. And I don't know, man, Dallas is kind of lacking that piece. Yeah. Uh, by the way, since the last time we updated the Washington-Washington State score, both teams have scored touchdowns. <laughs> so Washington is now leading 28-24 with a minute 40 left to go in the second quarter. I don't think there's been a stop. 
So it, all y'all staying up tonight to watch this, you, you get a feel for what it's like to do pre-half and post. Um, up late. Up late. Up late. I saw Nate Dowdle, your guy, uh, tweeted out that he, he just wants somebody to, like, Washington could take care of this so I can go to bed. Well, you could still uh, watch the Cougs who are only in the second quarter, but they're up 21-3 to on Stanford, and uh, I would guess on their way to an easy victory. See, I told you this, but this looks like the old whack to me, where the other team really doesn't have much of a chance. BYU is kind of just going where they want, and they know how to win those games. The whack years prove that. Spank those teams that uh, don't have a lot to play for. <laughs> I think they've run the ball. I saw a tweet. They they ran the ball really well in the opener against USF, who's 1-11, and they're running it like crazy tonight on a 3-8 and eight Stanford. Well, Stanford now moving the ball, so maybe the uh, the Cardinal get into the end zone because they're uh, now in the red zone area on BYU, however, uh, have not shown that they they have any interest in stopping the Cougars. So I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But we'll keep folks up to date as yeah, long they, as we're on they're the They're going to want to know. Yeah. And it looks like, uh, who knows, Washington State has 90 seconds to score another touchdown before the half, so I wouldn't put it past them because it just seems like everybody's <laughs> scoring They're going to score in, in the break. The, the wacky Pac-12 after dark, as they say. All right, the Jazz lose tonight. Uh, a heartbreaker, 113-112 to 112 against the Phoenix Suns postgame. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Wrap up the post game. Turn the page to the Bulls. Coming up next, you're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running hook. Blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my! Swings it back to Olenek. Reset Sexton. Has eight and five on the clock. Driving their seven-footer. Underhand scoop. Diving layup is good. Colin Sexton, how do you do? 111-110. 20 for Sexton. 220 to play in the in the game. There's your play of the game right there, our guy, David Locke, and it's brought to you by Larry Schmiller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection, LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, Jazz drop one to the Suns, 113-112. to Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at MarkMillerSubaru.com. We also want to remind you uh, about the Jazz Most Valuable Educators program presented by Instructure. The makers of Canvas throughout the season, the Utah Jazz and Instructure, will recognize 14 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator right now. If you are just joining us, what a fun one tonight. A hard-fought game. Jazz came up just a bit short. They were led by Jordan Clarkson, who had 22 points, 8 of 18 shooting, 5 rebounds, 5 assists for J.C. Colin Sexton with 20 points, 5 assists on 7 of 11 shooting. Lowry Markinen with a much better second half than a first half. He had 15 points and 10 rebounds. Kelly Olenek with 10. Uh, Beasley had 14 coming in off the bench. Nikhil Alexander-Walker with 12. And Talon Horton-Tucker 
had 10. Walker Kessler played 17 minutes off the bench as well. He had three points and four rebounds. For the Suns, DeAndre Ayton had a massive game, 29 points, 21 boards, nine of those coming on the offensive side, including six offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, Devin Booker, 27 points, 8 of 27, shooting 10 of 11 from the line. Booker had 11 boards and 7 assists as well. Bridges with 16 tonight. Cameron Payne with 11. Torrey Craig uh, with 10. And then Damian Lee had uh, 8 coming in off the bench. But uh, the Jazz came up just a little bit short. Didn't get the the final defensive possession that they want to give, uh, give themselves one more bite at it. But really had a tough time getting a stop and then getting aboard in the fourth quarter, and it made the difference. That's an insane stat that they got three rebounds in the quarter. As a team. As a team. The Jazz, three. boy. Oof. Like sometimes you'll just, you know. But that that was strategy on Phoenix' part, and they just uh, they did a great job of making that the kind of what, what caused them to get the win. Um, but, uh, again, I love the Jazz effort. I love the way they came out. Their attention to detail was terrific. Um, the game plan and the way they attacked Booker, all those things really positive. Um, but nonetheless, what is that? Seven, uh, seven out of nine the Jazz have lost now. So uh, on a on a really tough skid. And there's one remedy for that, and that is they played eight games at home in 22. And they will now play eight of nine at home. So thank you, NBA. You're always making so what much a, sense. What a brutal stretch. But you know what? Uh, it reminds me a little bit of a Jerry Sloan coach team in this way, uh, Tim. And I, I don't know you know, how many total games the Jazz are going to end up winning this season, of course. So we'll see. But you know, early in my career when I was covering a lot of visiting locker rooms, I can't tell you how many coaches would say after their team won or lost, well, you come into this building or, well, you play against a, the Jazz team or you play against a Jerry Sloan team, and it's always going to be difficult. You're always going to have to play your best and play your hardest, and it's always going to be physical and all these things that you heard all sorts of different coaches say all the time. I This Jazz team, it's, it's just not going to be easy for the other squad. you know. And maybe this Jazz team makes playoffs, maybe they don't. But I don't think they're going to have those nights where it's just so easy for the other team. And, and again, our our words on the first night ring so true. But remember, we kind of sat there and talked about this year is going to be kind of a year of development and growth. Um, the Jazz kind of came out of out of the blocks really hot, and you know the teams got film, they understood, and they've kind of now countered what the Jazz were doing really well. Uh, so the Jazz need to now kind of polish um, their, <clears throat> you know, they've got to they've got to really kind of get things sanded down to where okay, teams are starting to really kind of get us on the glass. So we've got to commit more bodies to the glass. Um, you know, just different things. It's the way the NBA's been forever. You know that you've covered it longer than I have. But there's trends and there's ebbs and there's flows. But right now the league seems to have kind of reacted to the Jazz fast start. And it'll be up to them to kind of counter now back and, and create um, some more positive things. But I agree with you. The the development growth that's going on, exciting. And teams know they're in a game when they play the Jazz. Their, their effort is great. All right, just a couple final thoughts from you, Coach Lacombe, before we close the book on this one. Um, just excited that they're you know the Jazz are going to get to play at home here for a bit. Um, pretty crazy that in those eight games they've played at home in the 22 um, only two of those were back-to-back games at home. So 
they've kind of been touching down and then leaving again. Um, so it'll be nice. They'll be able to get a rhythm here from November 28th all the way through um, December the 10th. They're going to be playing home games. So it's uh, it's time for now for them to maybe get some some rest, be able to stay in one place, and, you know, like I said, create a counter for what the league's doing. All right, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who uh, participated in the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone, thanks to the broadcast assistants that helped out. Thanks to Jameel Hawkins, executive producer of our broadcast. Thank you, as always, Jameel. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story. Share, read some, and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. And as always, Coach Lacombe, a pleasure. Enjoy your Sunday. I'm going to really enjoy it. You too, man. Enjoy the kids. All right. 113 to 112 is your final. The Jazz fall to the Phoenix Suns. Next broadcast coming your way on Monday night. The Chicago Bulls will be here at Vivint Arena. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage is at 6. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.